Welcome to today's episode of Healthful Woman, a podcast designed to explore topics in women's health at all stages of life. I'm your host, Dr. Nathan Fox, an OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine specialist practicing in New York City. At Healthful Woman, I speak with leaders in the field to help you learn more about women's health, pregnancy, and wellness. Today, we'll be talking about twin delivery with Dr. Stephanie Melka. Melka, welcome to Healthful Woman. Hi, thank you for having me. Great to have you. The topic today, the delivery of twins, is something that I love very much, and I know you do as well. Very near and dear to my heart. Twin deliveries have become somewhat unusual in the United States in terms of doing them vaginally, and because so many people end up having a cesarean for twins, but I know that you have trained in delivery twins vaginally, and this is something that you do very well and you're very proud of, so I'm really happy that you're here to talk about it today. Can I start with a quick story? Please. So I think it was July or August of my intern year on a Sunday, and Dr. Silverstein was on the floor, and there were twins in labor, and you would come in for the delivery to do the breach. And, you know, I'm the intern running around doing 8 million things, running in circles, and you guys were like, what are you doing? Why aren't you coming to the OR with us? And I was like, well, I don't know. I'm doing stuff out here. And you were like, anytime someone's doing twins, you get in the room, even if you're not doing anything you'll learn something. And you were like, Silverstein delivers breach twin B, learn from him. And it kind of stuck with me ever since. That's how I learned. So the the reason twin deliveries are more difficult is that frequently the second twin does not come down head first. So in general, for singleton pregnancies, so one baby, we no longer do routine vaginal deliveries for them. And there's a lot of reasons why, and that's probably a separate podcast. But the skills for delivering Babies who are not head first in general have declined. And so for twins, when that frequently happens, a lot of obstetricians are just very uncomfortable with the idea that the second twin's not going to come down head first. And so what ends up happening is either the woman with twins is told from the very beginning, you should not labor, you should have a cesarean delivery, or they'd say, we'll do a a vaginal delivery, but if the second baby doesn't come down head first, we're going to switch and do a C-section. And then you end up with a vaginal delivery of the first twin and a cesarean of the second twin. Which, which is miserable. Yeah, that's that's not an ideal outcome. And that happens about 5% of the time. If you look at big studies published on that, when I joined the practice in 2008, I had done a, a handful of breach deliveries of twins, but not so many that I'd be you know comfortable doing a lot of them uh, sort of on my own. And then Dr. Silverstein, Dr. Bender, Dr. Rebarber, Dr. Salston, these are people who did these things a lot. And so it was an opportunity for me to improve my skills. And what I was telling you is like, start early. Whenever you can see these or do these, it's really important to know how to do it because it totally changes how we deliver twins. Yeah. Yeah. In the US, I think currently the the number of twins who end up with a C-section is probably over 80%. That's probably 80 to 90%. And some of that is really, it's unavoidable. Some of that is just, you know, the baby, the first baby isn't head first or there's complications or whatever. But so many of that is women who either are told they can't labor. Sometimes they're told it's safer to have a cesarean delivery. And sometimes they end up with a cesarean delivery of the second twin after vaginal delivery, the first twin, which again, we said is not ideal. (laughs) (laughs) When did you first 
really begin to learn how to do it and get those skills for the second twin. It was during my fourth year of residency. I had been on the labor floor a lot, you know, and at that time it was mostly Silverstein and Bender during the day. And I made it a point to be there with them for all of the deliveries. And that even if I wasn't doing anything, I was still watching and hearing what they were doing. And then we had a couple of patients with Silverstein who were very ideal candidates for breach delivery. We'll get into what that means shortly. It gave me the chance where he said like, okay, find the feet and took me through the different maneuvers. One of the things that I talk about, like if I give a lecture on delivery of twins to doctors, you know, we go over sort of what it is and what are the risks and what are the maneuvers and all these things. But one of the things I always recommend is if it's something you're interested in, every twin delivery should have two doctors there, one of whom is experienced and the other whom is learning. Because this is something that you have to do two people together to learn how to do it. It's not something you want, you know, an inexperienced person doing on their own. Uh, but on the flip side, since there aren't that many women with twins who are trying to deliver vaginally, it's a it's a missed opportunity to have someone deliver them without someone who's learning. And that learning, they could be very early in the process where they're just watching, or it could be a little bit later in the process where sort of their hands are on top of, you know, my hands or whatever it is, or later in the process where my hands are on top of their hands, which is how we learn to do all things in medicine, you know, in terms of that require skills of their hands, like surgery and whatnot. This is the way uh, we learn how to do it uh, properly. It's one of the great things about having residents at Sinai and having them be so readily available that I tell patients, you know, if I had to deliver a breech twin B by myself, I could, but it's not ideal. You often need two sets of hands and having someone else there you know, depending on how things are going and their skill level, I can easily guide them through what it is I need that done to deliver the baby safely. The interesting thing is in our practice, since it's something that we do and we're not shy about it, I mean, we publish articles about it, we put it on our website, you know, there's word of mouth. We get a lot of people who come to our practice only because they want a vaginal delivery of twins. I remember very early in my, my time in the practice, someone transferred care to us at a, you know, literally the last week of her twin pregnancy because she did not know until then that her doctor wouldn't try to deliver her vaginally. Basically, she's you know talking about scheduling, whatever it was, her induction or this, and the doctor's like, no, 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 I'm, I do C-sections for all my twins. She's like, what are you talking about? And the doctor here, she thought she knew that and she didn't. And she transferred care saying, listen, I, I, I don't know if I'll deliver vaginally, but I want an opportunity. And she did. I remember she delivered right. twins vaginally. We, it's like one prenatal visit, one delivery, <laughs> and one postpartum visit. And then she's been with us ever since for all her other babies. And it's, it also brings up an interesting question of what women with twin pregnancies should do in terms of finding a doctor. It's not always easy to know these things, who who can and who can't, who will and who won't do these. And a lot of people don't even know what questions to ask. It's also tough that early in pregnancy, we can't predict who will and won't be able to have a vaginal delivery. You know, if you have somebody where twin A is breech, they would have to have a C-section. If they're, you know, you look at the different weights between A and B or the gestational age when they deliver, it's not always an option. But I think is much as we can, we should be able to keep offering this to patients and keep, you know, educating more physicians and more more doctors on how to do it. Right. What I tell people when they come to me with twins is in our practice, and we probably 
you know, we're, we're the most likely to do a vaginal delivery of twins in our area. And our C-section rate for twins is about 50, 50%. But the vast majority of them are people who we say from the outset, you're not a good candidate to try to deliver vaginally. Of the women that try to deliver vaginally, meaning we think they're a good candidate and they try, the chance of a vaginal delivery is over 80%. It's close to 85%, which is very good. And that's really because we're comfortable delivering the second twin uh, as a breach. Take us through exactly sort of what happens during the delivery of twins, meaning someone's in labor, they have twins, you know, they're- So they're admitted- they're, they're admitted in the labor room. I very strongly encourage an epidural for all patients with twins. Basically, they get to fully dilated. As we're approaching delivery, we move and do the delivery in an operating room. Right. That's what used to be done for all deliveries, actually, a long time ago. But nowadays, labor and delivery rooms are just that. You labor and you deliver in the room. But twins is an exception. So we go to the operating room. Yeah, the main reason is space. You know, there's two or three doctors. There's nurses for each baby and the patient. There's a few anesthesiologists. There's pediatricians. And even in our most spacious labor rooms, they don't always, you you can't fit that many people. It's not a good place to deliver, you know, if you want it to be quiet and peaceful. (laughs) I mean, there's, there's pediatricians for each baby. There's nurses for each baby. There's doctors. It's It's a pretty big crowd in there. So you go to the operating room. We get everything set up. Mom pushes. A comes out. We put A on her chest, clamp and cut the cord. Baby goes over to the pediatricians, and then we see what B is doing. You know, if B is head down and low, then we break the water and she pushes and B comes out as well. But if B is breech and feet first, then this is where the epidural comes in. You want to deliver B before the cervix starts to close down. So you reach in, grab the feet and, you know, do certain maneuvers to pull B out. Right. And that's what we call a breech extraction. And that means the obstetrician basically does the entire process, meaning mom doesn't really have to push much, grab the feet and pull the baby out. A a typical sort of natural breech delivery is not feet first, but really bottom first. And mom would push the baby out until the very end. But this is a little bit different and it's much quicker. And that's why the difference in delivery time is usually pretty fast. What I find is a helpful explanation is when you look at a baby, the widest diameter is the baby's head. So if the head fits through, then the body fits through of A, and then you sort of have the reverse for B where you get the body through and you want to get the head through before the cervix closes down. Right. And that goes into sort of one of the criteria we use in deciding who's a candidate to try to deliver the twins vaginally. So the first baby has to be head first. And then one of the things is the second baby can be in any position, but if it's much larger or we estimate it's much larger than the first baby, and we have definitions for how much larger is too large, then we're, unco- we're uncomfortable trying to do that breech extraction because what if the pelvis will only accommodate the size of baby A and baby B is going to get stuck in the middle of the delivery where we're trying to pull the feet out and the upper body or the head gets stuck. And that's so that's one of the reasons we would not offer the breech extraction. But actually, it's pretty uncommon that that yeah. comes up. Usually, the twins' weights are close enough together or the big one is first, in which yeah. case it's not it's not a big an issue. And we're even in that case still comfortable doing a vaginal delivery as long as the patient understands that she does have a real risk of C-section for B. That if B does come down breach, that we can't deliver vaginally, we would have to do a C-section. Right. Because even though usually it's, it's very unusual for the first baby's position to turn in labor. So if the first baby's head down, very unusual that it would change in labor. But the second baby, even if it starts at head first, a very high percentage of them 
will not come down head first after baby eight comes out because it's really just, it's almost random which way it comes down. And so that's also something that when people say, oh, I'll deliver twins if both babies are head down, that's fine. But the second baby may not end up head down. And that's one of the reasons it doesn't always work out in that circumstance. When you're delivering twin B, as, mm-hmm. as you know, so then baby B comes out and we clamp the cord for B as well. And same thing, hopefully on mom's chest and then to yeah. the pediatricians. And then afterwards, it's really, it's an interesting time because there's, there's two babies in the room who are usually oh you know, screaming. Everybody leaves. <laughs> right. Suddenly the room is silent. Nobody's there. And like mom is sitting there like, does anyone care about me anymore? <laughs> like, and, and, oh my God, I, I have two babies over there who are screaming and they're mine. And then usually after that, it's just like a, a regular delivery. Typically, you know, like Small anyone risks else does. Of- yeah. You know, yeah. increased bleeding afterwards or preeclampsia. But. Right. Yeah. Things we watch out for increased bleeding. Usually the tears that women have for twin delivery is actually a little bit smaller because the babies on average are smaller, uh, each one of them. That's the process. And it's not remarkably complicated. It's just unusual. And so if someone doesn't have a lot of these in their training, it's going to be it's going to be difficult for them to feel comfortable to do it routinely for women. And it's one of the reasons it's hard to know for women who are carrying twins, what should they do for prenatal care? And when women talk to their obstetricians or their midwives about this and have twins, I think one of the good questions to ask is, what is your experience with twin deliveries? Do you always recommend C-section? Are you comfortable delivering twins in all circumstances or only if both babies are head down? And if so, what do you do if the second baby turns to breach? And everyone has different, you know, experiences and it's not, it's not a judgment on their skill. You know, some people are better at things than others. And then it's also a decision for each woman. Is it worth going somewhere else where maybe she has a higher chance of a vaginal delivery, but maybe it's less convenient to go there for prenatal care or maybe they don't take her insurance or whatever it is. It's, it's a difficult decision, but something I think people need to consider at that time. Yeah. And so tell me when, when you're doing this now, what do you think about the future of where this is headed? I mean, I've even seen in the last couple of years it happening more commonly at Mount Sinai. I think we're at the point now where there is a big pushback against C-sections in general. We have a lot of people looking at first-time moms where the babies head down and why are they having C-sections? Can it be prevented? And, you know, I think with twins now, especially with so many people out there now doing more of these breach deliveries that it is becoming a more common thing to offer. I've seen the same uh, at Mount Sinai. And I think some of it is just related to culture. When people see others doing it and they say, I could, like, I could do that. Like I did that when I was a resident or I've done these. I don't find this, you know, particularly complicated. And also, logistically, if there's people around who know how to do it again, like, so if someone is maybe, you know, comfortable doing it, but they want you in the room with them to help out, that's something that people ask us. And it's, it, we've we helped never, out yeah. a lot with that in the past. Yeah. We have, it's a real team mentality on most labor floors that people are always willing to help each other out with things, with skills and whatnot. And I know that when I, because we published a lot about this since we deliver a lot of twins, one of you know my areas of research has always been in twin pregnancies. And when I you know, either write about this or lecture about this or talk about this. There are so many people who want to do this and there's others who just don't. And so I, I think it's possible that we may see sort of like a splitting that in a certain percentage of, you know, hospitals, institutions, geographic areas, whatever it is, you're going to see the C-section for rates, C-section rates for twins get up to a hundred percent. 
And in other areas, you're going to see the C-section rate for twins drop precipitously because more and more people are going to be doing this. And I think that might further impact how important it is to choose wisely for who's taking care of you for your twin pregnancy, if that's if that's important to you. Some people come to us and say, I don't want to deliver the twins vaginally. It's, the whole idea of it just scares me and I'd rather have a C-section. And that's and fine. That's fine. Yeah, I'm that's fine more too. than happy to do a C-section for anyone who wants it. One of the big things that happened was there was a very large study uh, where they actually looked at this. Uh, it was international. It took you know 10 years to complete. But basically, they looked at women with twins where the first baby was head down and they randomized them, meaning they randomly divided them into two groups. One group would be scheduled for a C-section and one group would be scheduled for a vaginal delivery. Obviously, someone in the C-section group who showed up in labor delivering could deliver vaginally yeah. and vice versa. Someone who planned to have a vaginal delivery, if there was a reason to not do it, they would obviously do what was best for her medically. And ultimately, the babies and the moms did the same. In both groups, there really wasn't an advantage or disadvantage to either plan, other than obviously one group had many, many more C-sections than the other group. And so based on that study, I think there's a lot of hard data we can give to patients that this is a safe thing that we're doing, even though we, we believe it to be safe from our own experience and we've done a lot of them. It's nice to show, you know, a very well done, you know, multi-centered study that that validates our, our opinions on this. And that's helpful in educating women who opt for C-section as well. I've had a couple say, I want a C-section because twin B's breach, and that's safer. Nothing bad will happen to twin B delivering breach at a C-section. So that's another study that I'll share with patients a lot. I love giving patients literature on this if, if they're interested. <laughs> and um, one of the things also is... You've given them the, the textbook chapter that right, we, we right. wrote on this. So, so Melka... And uh, Jamie Miller and I wrote a chapter on delivery of twins, which it, again, it, it's written for medical sort of readers, but it basically goes through what we do with twins in labor and exactly what the maneuvers are for twin delivery. And we're more than happy to share it with patients. And most of them will understand just about all of it, if not you know most of it. And it'll give them a sense of what we do and what we're thinking and what we're considering. And it also helps explain sort of like you're saying about an epidural, about, you know, people like, you know, you need an epidural. Can I do it without it? But when they understand sort of the maneuvers that we do and, you know, to deliver baby B, if it's not head first, we really have to, you know, it, it really yeah. optimizes the safety. And yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll do it, but I think it's safer and easier delivering twin B with the epidural. Again, if a patient doesn't want it, that's fine. But I think it's a little bit harder to guarantee that ease of a delivery. Yeah. I think in all, in all years, we've, we've had only a handful of women with twins who either couldn't get an epidural or chose not to get epidural or delivering twins vaginally. And like you said, usually it works out okay, particularly if the second baby comes on head first and that's that would be ideal, but it's it could be painful and potentially there's a there's risk with not having an epidural if you have to do certain maneuvers quickly or whatnot. Uh, but again, when, when we give people sort of what to expect with this and they can see it, they can even read it on our on, on the practice website. I do find it helpful. And I think it's also nicer patients to know that we we think about this and we write about this and we we look at our data and we do research and we, we keep track of what we're doing. Do we have complications? If so, what are they? How frequent are they? And we can give people not just the numbers that are sort of they'll find online or in textbooks or whatever, but our own numbers 
on this as well. I have twins. I'm the father of I twins. Heard. <laughs> uh, but they were unfortunately, or whatever, they were both breech, so they were not vaginal delivery twins. But I, I'm pretty sure, and this is a while ago, they were over 20. I'm, I'm pretty sure her doctors were planning on delivering them vaginally if uh, my son were head first. But alas, he was not. So uh, so she had a C-section. And again, it's also, I, I tell women twins, having a C-section and twins is not a bad outcome. I mean, if the babies are healthy and she's healthy, it's perfectly fine. It's just an issue if she wants a quicker recovery and she wants a vaginal delivery or the experience of it, it can be possible. All right. So look for milk on the labor floor delivering twins. Or uh, triplets, if, or triplets. If the stars oh, align. Yes. That's right. That's right. So we're, we've, we've delivered some triplets vaginally. That's less common. Much uh, less common. And yeah. I, I actually, when I counsel patients on that, I have no phrase other than the stars have to align and that there's so many different things that have to come into play to do it safely. You know, for triplets, which are even you know less common than twins nowadays, but the first baby has to be had first. And one of the other things we didn't mention is we don't, we don't generally do the breech extraction if the babies are very preterm. Whether it's really more dangerous or not, it's hard to know for sure, but it's just something that most people who do these uh, are not so comfortable with because it's unclear is it is it safe or not to do this in preterm and so since so many triplets deliver early it's harder and logistically it's hard to monitor all three babies in labor because you want to make sure that all three babies are tolerating labor with one baby it's almost always doable with two babies it's usually doable with three babies it gets to be more complicated so hopefully she has a fast labor yeah, we didn't get much into that, but obviously in labor, monitoring the heartbeat of both babies, monitoring, checking the cervix, making sure that the dilation's happening appropriately. So there's always the potential for C-section when we can't get somebody into labor or the labor doesn't progress well. You know, I see that sometimes with twins where, you know, A is head down, but not really coming all the way into the pelvis because B is holding it up or you get a shoe with the heart rate dropping and you just can't safely let labor continue. And then plan B, C-section, which is is okay as well. So Melka, thanks for coming on. Thanks for learning, doing, and teaching twin deliveries. It's definitely something that will impact future learners and obviously women moving forward if they have this opportunity. And I look forward to talking about this uh, further. Can't wait. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. Thanks for listening, everyone, to uh, Healthful Woman. If you have any questions, you can email us at hw at healthfulwoman.com, or or you can go to our website, www.healthfulwoman.com. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Healthful Woman podcast. To learn more about our podcast, please visit our website at www.healthfulwoman.com. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-F-U-L-W-O-M-A-N.com. If you have any questions about this podcast or any other topic you would like us to address, please feel free to email us at hw at healthfulwoman.com. Have a great day. The information discussed in Healthful Woman is intended for educational uses only. It does not replace medical care from your physician. Healthful Woman is meant to expand your knowledge of women's health and does not replace ongoing care from your regular physician or gynecologist. We encourage you to speak with your doctor about specific diagnoses and treatment options for an effective treatment plan.